Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host today. We're happy to have on our program today a very special guest. His name is Bishop Thomas Mar Eusebius, and he is the Bishop of the Cyril Melanchara Catholic Exarchate in the United States of America. The Cyril Melanchara Church, one of the many Eastern rites of the Church, of course, which we talk about here in this program, Light of the East, they are one of the Eastern churches, and they are proud to say that they have just received a new exarchate in the United States of America. And we're going to let you know what an exarchate is as we hear from their leader, Bishop Thomas Mar Eusebius, also known as Dr. Thomas Mar Eusebius. Welcome to Light of the East, Bishop. Thank you. Bishop, first of all, what is the best way to address you? If, am I doing it correctly? Thomas Mar Eusebius my name. Okay, and we and, and in your church, we refer to bishops, we address them as, like, for instance, my bishop in the Byzantine church, we refer to him when we speak to him as, say, Your Grace. Now, for you, what is the way we greet you? They call me Your Excellency. Ah, okay, Your Excellency. Okay, very good. So, we'll call you Your Excellency. So, Your Excellency Thomas Mar Eusebius. Your Excellency, tell us a little bit about the Malankar Church, and briefly, like, the history. What is the Malankar Church, the Eastern, especially the Cyril-Malankar Catholic Church? Yeah, our church uh, places its origin to the preaching of St. Thomas, the Apostle, in India, already in the first century. And we have Christians, and we were called St. Thomas Christians, in India from the first century onwards. And uh, we continued as one church till the 16th century, when we had Portuguese missionary com missionaries coming to India. And by an unfortunate misunderstanding, uh, there arose a division in the church. And we were uh, subject to this division. And uh, from the 16th century, somehow we re 
remained for a few centuries outside the Catholic uh, communion. Mm-hmm. And in 1930, the then uh, Archbishop Marivanios returned to the Universal Catholic Communion of the Church. So ours is a church which got reunited uh, with, uh, with, the, with the Catholic Church in 1930. And uh, at the time of reunion, there were just five people. And today we have around 500,000 people in our church. So when you came into... Or history of our church. You, your church came into reunion with Rome. And when it yes. did, there were only five people, and now you have half a million. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we have uh, eight dioceses in in care, and an exarchate in the USA. Now, in the United States of America, you have about how many people? Uh, it is estimated to be around uh, ten thousand people, but the exact number has to be ascertained. Yet. That is one of my tasks. And they are, are they in any particular region of the United States, or are they scattered throughout the United States? Uh, they are scattered all over the states, uh, but the best concentration we have in New York. And that's where... we have our center in New York. Yes, that's, that's where you are, your you're exarchate, they yes, call it, actually. exactly. And explain to the listeners what an exarchate is and why this happened for your church in America. And canonically, there is... This is a canonical provision, and for all practical purposes, we, in fact, we function just like a diocese in the Catholic Church, uh, but an exarchate is established in those areas, uh, as per the canon, where uh, the Church doesn't have sufficient infrastructure to function as a diocese, but has the possibility of growing into a diocese. Mm-hmm. So that is where the, uh, you know, Rome. This is an an apostolic exarchate. And so this this would represent a, a progress or or a, a good sign for your community here in America, wouldn't it? Exactly, exactly. This is a really a important milestone in our growth as a church. We already had, you know, we have started our missions already in 1984 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But so far, we have been functioning as missions or as quasi-parishes attached to one of the Latin parishes in the Diocese of Sia. Uh, uh-huh. But now we have an identity of our own, and we have our functional freedom to start parishes and to live our, you know, ecclesial life in its fullness. Oh. Now, what about, for instance, in, in situations like uh, marriage cases, like canonical cases, annulments, and so on, is that handled by your chancery or by the Latin Rite chancery? Yeah, we, we have the possibility now to handle them by our own chancery, but I am yet constituted a tribunal. I need some time. This, this uh, exarchate was established a couple of months back, you see. Mm-hmm. But we can, you know, in all these respects, we can function just like a diocese. Are you, are you getting uh, new people from India moving here to your church, or are you serving basically the people that have been here? We have uh, different generations of our people here. Now, people from India started moving to the States already in the 60s. And we have that generation, and they have, we have their children who were born here, and also we have the third generation now. But still there are people coming from India, migrating. Mm-hmm. So we have different, you know, uh, categories of people, in fact, the Malangara Catholics. And it is one of our challenges to cater to the needs of all these different categories. Now, 
what are some of the characteristics of your church? Uh, first of all, some of our listeners may be familiar with the Cyril Malabar Church, but you, yours is a different rite, one of the Eastern rites, even though it came from India, it's like, like the Cyril Malabar. But is it, do they follow the same liturgy? No, these are two entirely different churches in the Catholic. Both belong to the Eastern tradition. The, the Cyril Malabar Church has its uh, liturgical patrimony uh, from the Chaldean Church. Mm-hmm. And ours is the Antiochian. Ah, okay. So it is so in the at the division in the 16th century in the Indian Church, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we the, the one portion of the church which did not want to be, you know, what they call Latinized. Yes. Got in touch with the Antiochian Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, but unfortunately, it was with the Orthodox Church. Yes. So since then, we had this Antiochian patrimony liturgical tradition, mm-hmm. and in 1930. Uh, Mar Ivanius, the, then, the, the one who initiated the reunion, was allowed to enter into a Catholic contu- uh, communion uh, with all the liturgical and spiritual tradition of the Antiochian Orthodox Church. This Mar Ivanius is very important to your church. I see that even your, it's, where you live is called Mar Ivanius Bishop's House. <laughs> exactly. He, he was a great visionary and uh, one, a promoter of church unity. Now, what are some of the characteristics of your liturgy? First of all, you call it liturgy, correct? It is said to be one of the oldest liturgies of the Catholic Church. It, 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 it emerged, it came from St. James the Apostle. Mm. Yes, in your, for instance, you have a, the liturgy of the Word, you have Eucharistic prayer, anaphora, yes. correct? Uh, the liturgy is a very, very, very ceremonial liturgy. The participation of the people is very, very prominent in the liturgy. Ah, and that participation, is it chanting or reciting prayers? We always chant the liturgy. And you have your own chant? Yes, we have our own melody, you see. Uh, we never just recite the prayer. The whole liturgy is sung in fact. Ah, yes. Very common in the Eastern churches. <laughs> and also, as, as in other, other liturgy, Eastern liturgies, you know, the, the, the vestments are very colorful, Mm-hmm. The liturgy is very ceremonial, incense, and all these, you know, accompaniments to make the liturgy really, you know, yes. an experience. And your church structure, like the design of your churches, is it? Yes. Does it have the various zones, like for instance, the sanctuary, the nave, the narthex? Exactly. We have these three portions every church has. You know, we have the sanctuary, uh, where we have the holy of holies, and where the priest and the service stay. And then we have a portion uh, in between the sanctuary and where the people stay, a small portion which is meant for the choir. Mm-hmm. That's just in the middle. And then the large portion where the, where the congregation gathers. Do you have a separation between the sanctuary and the nave? Yeah, we have the sanctuary is always covered with a veil. A veil? Veil, yes. Ah. It's removed uh, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the liturgy is going on. But... Uh, in between the liturgy, there are times when the sanctuary is again veiled. Mm-hmm. Is there something? Is, on, yeah. Is there something on the veil? There is just the cross. Oh, so at times the veil is drawn. In other words, the the altar is covered over, and at times it is open. Correct. Uh, this, we open it only for prayers and the liturgy. Otherwise, every time the uh, the, the sanctuary remains veiled. And no, just only the I imagine only the ordained clergy go beyond the veil. 
ordain clergy and also those you know the the the, the, the for example the the mass servers but they yeah, have the yeah. things for that from the bishop well we're going to talk more with our special guest bishop his excellency Dr. Thomas R. Eusebius of the Cyril Malankara Catholic Exarchate in the United States of America when we return. So please stay with us here on Light of the East. Here's a reminder for our friends who listen to Light of the East in the Bay Area. The Byzantine Catholic Parish of St. Basil the Great invites you to a vigil celebration in honor of the Holy Dormition the Assumption of the Mother of God on Sunday, August 14th at St. Albert the Great Church. That's at 1095 Channing Avenue in Palo Alto. Divine Liturgy begins at 11 a.m., followed by a children's procession with flowers and a display of Eastern icons of the Virgin Mary. For more information, call Father Anthony at 408-871-0919. That's 408-871-0919. Or visit the parish website at stbasil.org. That's stbasil.org. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I'm inviting you to Prairie Fest. This year's fest features a 5K run, beanbag tournament, and trivia contest. Experience the reverential awe of our church interior and take a meditative walk for our award-winning landscape. Prairie Fest. No admission charge. Prairie Fest kicks off at 7, Friday evening, August 12th, with music by the Tinley Park Arts Alive Jazz Band. Then Saturday, August 13th at 2.30, the U of I Guys Band, playing your favorite hits. Later, at 7, the fabulous Neverly Brothers. That's why I go for that rock and roll music. On Sunday, August 14th at 11.30 a.m., Polka with Eddie Blazonczyk's Versatones on their farewell tour. Oh, how I miss you. Followed by Harvest Moon at 3. Prairie Fest, $5,000 grand prize raffle. Details at ByzantineCatholic.com on the events page. Friday through Sunday, August 12th through the 14th at Annunciation Parish, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to TaborLife.org. That's TaborLife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm your host, Father Thomas Loya, and we have a very esteemed guest today, Dr. Bishop Thomas Mar Eusebius. He is the Bishop of the Syro-Malankara Catholic Exarchate in the United States. And before the break, he was explained to us what an exarchate is and also what his church is as a Syro-Malankara church. It, of course, is one of the many Eastern rites of the Catholic Church. 
And they, like many Eastern rites of the church, came into union with Rome and Rome with them over the last several centuries. Many of the Eastern churches came in at different times, and most of the started, the reunification started at about the 15th and 16th centuries. Many of the churches we know today as the Eastern Catholic churches have Orthodox counterparts. In other words, they came from the Orthodox, and this was, of course, a situation that existed after the Great Schism in 1054 A.D., where the East and the West split, the East calling itself, for the most part, the Eastern Orthodox churches, the West became known as the Roman Catholic Church. Now, again, this was 1054 AD, the Great Schism. But later on, a few centuries later, such as in the 15th and 16th centuries, a number of and parts of these Eastern Orthodox churches began to reunite with Rome again, and Rome with them. So it was a mutual reunion. And these are what we know as the Eastern Catholic Churches, of which the Cyril Malachar Church is one of them. And they now have an exarchate in the United States, which is a great sign of, of their growth and development as a church in America. Although they, their origins are in India, and of course, they were evangelized by the apostles themselves, right? And for your church, Bishop, it is uh, the apostle, was it Thomas? St. Thomas, yes. St. Thomas, yeah. So you've, you got it right from the, the real McCoy, huh? Right from one of the one of the Jesus' own apostles. You, you can trace your church back to us. So it's an ancient, ancient legacy. Now that you are in America, Your Excellency, what are some of the challenges that your church faces? What are some of your goals, some of your dreams, some of your visions, some of the tasks ahead of you? Yes, uh, I'm happy to be in the America serving the church in America. And we have many challenges to face. Uh, one is the generation gap we have between these different generations. Mm-hmm. The needs of our first generation faithful are different from the needs of the people who were born and brought up here. Oh. So we have to be very sensitive when we cater to the needs of our youth, which is a very important thing and which is a very challenging ministry. Uh, in America, what language uh, do you pray in? Does your church pray in? Is it, is it, do we have a traditional language? Uh, right now, we see we have a, our traditional language, the language we, which we speak back home in India. But you see, we have already started to translate uh, all our liturgical texts uh, into English. Mm-hmm. Because most of our people who were born and brought up here, for them, English is their primary language. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I think the language of our liturgy has to be English. There's no other way. Mm. And we have done that because we have a Mass and most of our sacraments and our feasts, already we have translations in English. Mm-hmm. But we use that, uh, you know, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, Malankara, uh, what you call uh, liturgical specialities, even if we change the language. For example, we chant uh, the liturgy, but in English. Uh huh. Yeah. Bishop, can you demonstrate for us, like for instance, could you say the words of consecration in the language of your church, the original language? Oh, the words of uh, consecration. Yes. Yeah, surely. Just a, just a second. Uh, in, 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 in the, the language which we use is Malayalam. Okay. So you want me to say that in Malayalam, the words of consecration? Yes. It, would, it wouldn't make much sense to you, but all the same I can say. <laughs> okay, it, we'll just get to hear it, though. <laughs> it is like this. That's part of it. Oh, now, would that be a spoken language, or is that an ancient language? That is a spoken language, very lively language. Uh-huh. It's a language spoken in one of the states of India, you know? Yes. Now, getting... In India, we have many languages, 
almost every state has its own language, and this is a language spoken in the state from where most of our people come. Now, getting back to the young people again, their challenge, do they understand the language? Do they like to have the liturgy in, in, their, in the Malankar language, or do they prefer English, or is it a mixture, or does it matter? Uh, now right now, what we do is, you know, most of them understand this language, though mm-hmm. they may not be able to write and read. Yes. So, but also, since we have, you know, half of our people in, the, in, the, in a church, half of our people will be those who came directly from India, and half of the people will be those who are born and brought up here. So right now, as a, as, a, as, uh, as a practical solution, we have, for example, Sundays, two Sundays we have Malayalam Mass, mm-hmm. and two Sundays we have uh, purely English Mass. Now, I had, for the listeners' uh, sake, I had the honor, the privilege of speaking recently at the Youth Leadership conference or retreat of the Cyril Malankar Catholic Exarchate, and this happened, this was held in the Chicago area, and this is where I met His Excellency Bishop Thomas Marusebius. And we were talking during that retreat, uh, Your Excellency, about evangelization. In other words, how do we as an Eastern church, especially the Cyril Malankar church, how do they reach out? How do they evangelize? Is the evangelization in your church in America, is it that idea, is it an evangelization within your church, or do you seek to bring your church and its riches beyond yourselves? In other words, are you seeking to make your church available to others, inviting to others who are not, for instance, uh, of Indian descent? You see, the, our primary missionary uh, obligation is, uh, every church is a missionary uh, church by its very nature, you know. Uh, we primarily we realize this uh, missionary obligation by being faithful, by living faithfully the tradition we have inherited. Mm-hmm. So as far as the Sura Malangira Catholic Church is concerned, we are inherited or heirs of true, two very ancient traditions of the world. One is the, our Eastern Christian spiritual tradition. Mm-hmm. The other one is the Indian culture which we have inherited. Mm. So we are called to live in this beautiful country, in this uh, you know, country which can be characterized by so many goods. In this country, we are called to live both these traditions in their, uh, in their fullness. It is in this way that we are called to you know, give a witness of our, of our Christian commitment and our Christian full, uh, fulfillment. That's the primary way of evangelizing. And at the same time, you know, no church, church should be closed within itself. If we, through this, uh, what you call witnessing of the wealth of our tradition, we are uh, capable of attracting people who haven't known Jesus, or people who are not uh, part of the Catholic Church, we'll be open to that. We'll be, you know, that we've, we'll consider that also our, our ecclesial mission. Yes. It's interesting for our listeners, especially those who are of the Western lung of the church, evangelization for the East is very much, in part, there's a piece of it that very much is, as His Excellency is saying here, it is for us in the Eastern churches to be as true and authentic to our authentic traditions and spirituality as possible. That first and foremost, of course, is faithfulness to Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel, to live as a true Christian community but also to be very faithful to the particular way in which we live that out through our Eastern traditions and spirituality. That is first and foremost the way that we evangelize, and hopefully that might draw others to us. At the same time, I know certainly in our church, we are 
trying to move beyond ourselves. And oh, for our church, my particular church, some Eastern churches, such as mine, it's a little more of an imperative for us to move beyond ourselves because some of our churches, such as mine, no longer have as distinct an identity uh, that dates back to or kind of harkens back to our ethnic roots. Some of that has been somewhat blurred in our day and age in some Eastern churches, such as my own. For the Malachar churches, as you heard from the bishop, they still have a very strong sense of their roots and identity from India. And so they use that as part of their evangelization, part of their being true to who they really are. Your Excellency, where can people find out more about the Syro-Melancar Church? We are slowly developing uh, a website for our circuit, which will be launched in a few months' time. Or, or we have our church website, which is, uh, uh, if you just, you know, uh, type Syro-Melancar Catholic Church, you... you you are directed to that website, and there you have certain, uh, you know, content about the Syro-Malankara Catholic Church and about the whole church, not only about their target. And can you name just a few places in America where people might find a Syro-Malankara Church, certainly here in the Chicago area? We have uh, five churches in New York's tri-state. We have in Philadelphia, we have in Chicago, we have in Houston, Dallas, Washington, Detroit, Los Angeles, Florida. We have in all these places, you know, Malangara Catholic communities and churches. And the whole United States is under your guidance, <laughs> right? Yes, I am. The, this target is established for the whole of the USA. Well, I want to thank you for being on our program today, Your Excellency. We hope to have you on again. And again, our prayers and, and wishes are with you and your, your church at starting this new exciting era in the United States of America. Again, we thank you, Bishop. Dr. Thomas Mar Eusebius, the Bishop of the Cyril Malankar Catholic Exarchate, United States. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. That's Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W I L L C O O K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the east, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>